Now, uh, of course, in recent weeks, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Fight Boys podcast, uh, we've had some attacks happening. We've had some attacks happening, either Blake Tanner or the Dylan, or both of them. They've been attacked before the show and were unable to make their appearance on the Fight Boys podcast. But um, I, Scotty Moore, Scotty Moore, after these weeks and weeks of attacks have come down to a solution. I figured out who's been behind these attacks. Now, Blake Tanner, this is video of the attack on you before the May 20 May 22nd episode of the Fight Boys podcast. And to all of you listening, let me describe it to you. It may seem a bit interesting to see that there's no one there at all. <clears throat> Blake Tanner, Blake Tanner's alone in the uh, Fight Boys backstage section. Not doing anything. Oh, but wait. Oh, he looks like he's just grabbing some stuff. Grabbing some things, tossing them on the floor. And now, oh, you're just gonna, you're laying down, Blake? Is that what happened? You're laying down, just taking you a nice little nap? Is that what happened? Is that what happened? Well, let me tell you something, Blake Tanner. I don't know who's been attacking the Dylan, but I know that no one has been attacking you. I know that you have been trying to fool us. You've been trying to fool the Fight Boys audience. And to be honest with you, Blake Tanner, I think it was you who attacked the Dylan. Is that true? Is that true? Did you attack him? Did you? You are damn right I did. (laughs) And I do it again. And again. Oh my. I did this for us, Scotty. I did it so that we could have this podcast together. But Dylan comes in and he's running his mouth. He even ran his mouth off to Conor McGregor. <laughs> and you know, you know what that means. Oh, because I, I love you. And, and Blake has attacked the Dylan. He's attacked the Dylan in the middle of the Fight Boys Arena and has tossed him out of the ring. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like. Oh no, it looks like the Dylan will not be joining us this week on Fight Boys. The Blake, Blake has gone mad with power. He's attacking the Dylan and has tossed him out of the ring. So I guess this is a special BS episode this week of the Fight Boys. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for football. Making their way down the aisle, they are the greatest podcasting tag team in all of time and space. They are Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and they are the B. And joining them, as always, he is the Lord of on the smart side, he is the Dylan! And together, they are known as the Fight Boys! Alright, there we go. Sorry, what were we talking about? Oh, hey buddy, what's up? Welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen. 
the weekly podcast about professional wrestling and not so professional wrestling. I'm Scotty Moore, joined this week by the uh, slightly more calmed down Blake Tanner. Big, big, big tan. He's nearly seven yeah, foot I'm tall. Sorry. I'm really sorry about that. Dylan just fell down again and again and again and again. And I tried to help him up, but he just kept falling into my fist. And I, I just, I don't know what was going on with him. So we took him to the back. I'm sure yeah, he'll be d- back Dylan, next so, week. Oh, yeah, he'll be fine next week. I, I'd love if someone's just like, what, is Dylan not on the show anymore? It's like, no, no. <laughs> Dylan just had to take a week off. Uh, we're got, we actually are starting. We had to write him off. Yeah, we're, oh, I actually have a way to write Dylan off. Is that bad? I've, I have ways in my mind of writing both of you off of this podcast if need be. I'm like the bat, like, you know how uh, Batman has, like, that computer system that shows him, like, if any of the Justice League go rogue, here's his plan? That's kind of where I am with this podcast. Like, if any of you oh. go rogue, I know how I'm taking, here, taking you out. Is it bad that the only way that I can think, that I thought of of writing you off the podcast is just being like, and podcast over. <laughs> and the podcast is not happening anymore. Um, yeah, it's all right. The cast segment, though, I was in an air- <laughs> I was in an airport coming back from Austin, watching the cast segment. Like I had to wait on my ride, and I was just like sitting on my phone, like, "Oh, they're finally gonna resolve it. What kind of interesting thing are they gonna do? There's no way they'd break them up this soon, because you know, big cat. They're so over with the crowd. There's no way they'd do it." And then just, and they have so much merchandise. They have all the merchandise in the like New Day levels of merch sales. I've seen more uh, big cast shirts in real life, like Enzo and big cast shirts IRL, than I have most any other wrestling shirts other than the New Day and John Cena. So I'm like, there's no way they break them up. And then they just decided. Although to be fair, that was probably the best promo I've ever seen Big Cast do. It was pretty good. I think. Mad Cass is like, like, I can, I can, I can go with that. Well, it's that, and it's also, I think it's because he had the truth to work with, of like, <laughs> hey, just so you know, he is like, Ugh. Enzo is definitely holding you back more than anything, and he could like just break off. Yeah, that was the definite, like, that was the through line of the entirety of their run so far on the main roster. It's just like. Uh, Enzo would always just eat the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no matter what, even when it was unintentional. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I know the the downfall of Enzo and Cass had to. I can't remember what Raw it was, but there was a match of Sheamus and I think it was just no, no, no. It was Big Cass versus Cesaro, and at the end of the match. Enzo started running off his mouth, and Sheamus just gave him the biggest brogue kick ever, and the crowd started chanting, Thank you, Sheamus! And I was like, Oh, no. This is mm. the downfall. It's really... Oh, man. Although, I, I did we- like... Uh, you know, they'll put on their Twitter, like, small clips of promos. Every single clip mm-hmm. of the cast promo was subsequently retweeted by Carmella with heart eye, with heart eye emojis. <laughs> she was just like, "Yes, my baby boy's got it." <laughs> oh, she's just so happy. She's so happy that she doesn't have to be around Enzo. Yeah, well, Carmella, Carmella's had her own week. Which, okay, Carmel- your opinion okay. of the finish of the women's Money in the Bank match? I love. Thank it. you. Yes, it was wonderful. It built so much good fucking heat, 
And I think that so many people, I think that the reason people don't like it is because they got worked so hard and so good. Like they got worked over just like, just like some well-needed dough. They got that good work. And they're mad about that. Because people don't like to be worked anymore in the fucking wrestling business. Well, it's... Oh, okay, fucking Sex Ferguson. <laughs> no one in the fucking business... People don't like to be worked to anymore. Work. <laughs> Nobody knows what it's like to get worked anymore. All these fucking smarks out here and all these marks, fucking like smarks, they know the business. All right, fucking Jim Cornette. Now it's two different people. They don't know the business. They don't know the damn I'll give them the business. Yeah, well, it's this thing of, like, I would have liked, but, I mean, like, if you're going to have Carmella win, which prompts mm-hmm. the only, like, from the episode where I did my predictions alone, I got more... <laughs> yeah, apparently, if I'm, like, going against someone, my predictions are pretty shit, but if I'm on my own, I was pretty on point, because the only one I missed was Naomi and Lana, but I knew Carmella, my baby yeah. girl Carmella was going to get that briefcase, mm-hmm. and if you're going to give it to her... And you want to build her. The only prediction I think that go on. The only one I think that we agreed on, but we didn't really talk about them, was you know our big brunch boy (laughs) um, winning winning that briefcase. Congratulations to brunch boy Baron Corbin for his run in WWE. Um, He is still a member of the JWF roster. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. He must be. Um, Yeah, the Carmella thing. Like, if you're gonna have Carmella win it, and you want to build her up as a dominant heel. You do not let Carmella get the briefcase. If you have anything mm-hmm. to give her heat, give it to her. Because, like, she was playing kind of second fiddle to Natalia for so long, and there was so much happening that yep. you're kind of like, well, okay. And, yeah, they are using James Ellsworth to, like, the best of his ability at this point as just, like, the heat sink for Carmella. Yeah. Well, we've talked about Big Cass. We've talked about Carmella. So I guess now we have to talk about Enzo Amore, who, um, you know, you'd think, because he, he gave a very good performance on Raw of crying as Cass mm. turned, and you're like, oh, sad for him. So you'd think his yeah. first tweet after that would be something about it, like, hey, Cass, you're going to get yours. Or, hey, I'm, I can't believe this has happened. I'm so sad. Well, <laughs> Cass was mentioned. However, the tweet was, says... That big cast threw in the towel. I dried up a gangster tear with it. But I ain't throwing in the towel with at the notorious MMA. I got nothing to lose. At the notorious <laughs> MMA. You talk shit, and Floyd is gonna <laughs> knock it out of you. And if he doesn't, I will. <laughs> oh, I love his dedication to this one-sided feud with <laughs> Conor McGregor. It is the ultimate, it is a David and Goliath story if David was an ant and he was only (laughs) armed with words. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I do. I love, like, real Enzo so much. Yeah. Um, I do. I love Enzo, like, on the show, too. It's just, like, if they just let him kind of just go without having to do all his, like, hit all of his, um gimmick points yeah, at yeah. this point because that's that's all that it's that's all that they were doing Enzo and Cass you know got two words to fight to <laughs> warrior and when you can't you can't solve that the, the end uh, also when asked uh, in, oh. when asked about the words that Enzo has said about him in recent weeks uh, Conor McGregor was quoted as saying who 
Who? What? what? <laughs> no idea. Who are you talking about? <laughs> no idea. Who? Anyways, back to boxing underneath this giant mural I had painted of me punching Floyd Mayweather in the face. Oh, all right. Can we go a little bit off script? Script for a second. Yes, yes. Who, who's your pick for that fight? <laughs> Damn it, oh, Gregor. <laughs> Gregor. Um, it's one of those. I don't know. This that, might be another. Um, are we? Are we going? You versus? I, I don't know. Cause like Mayweather barely fight. Like he trains a lot, but he barely. Where's yeah. McGregor actually fights? So I'm like, well, I yeah, but I think. I think he knows boxing better. Like all Mayweather has to do is get the get the most points. I don't think McGregor. And I think is that's going how he would like, do that. Okay, well I'm gonna try to get the most points out of this match. McGregor's like, I'm gonna go no, knock no. his fucking block off. Yeah, exactly. I think, but he's gonna go in like with that one with that one strategy, and Mayweather's just gonna like hug him for thirty yeah, minutes. That's what I'm most afraid of is that it's going to be a repeat of the. It was uh, Mayweather and uh, Pacquiao, Pacquiao, where it, it? yeah, it was literally just like oh they're gonna hug and walk around each other for thirty minutes. My thing uh-huh. is I don't know if McGregor will even let that happen. I think McGregor will walk it's- out and they'll like kick him in the balls and then punch him in the face and just be like, I don't give a fuck if that's not how the rules work. I'm Conor McGregor. That means that he doesn't win, though. Yeah. I mean, he wins in in our minds and hearts if he does that, but... Well, um... He does not win the match. Well, if you're watching... uh, If you're looking for good winning strategies, look no further... Than the daughter of Michelle McCool and The Undertaker. <laughs> who, uh, well, they were watching Raw, as uh, as any good wrestling family would. And, uh, did it, did it, did it, did, did. Out came Roman, and then the wee child, the baby, baby taker, just goes, boo. Daddy, say boo. He beats you, daddy. Next. next. <laughs> daddy, he beats you. Daddy, daddy, do you remember? Do you remember when he like beat your face into the dirt? Next, okay. Daddy, what? hey, daddy, do you remember when he speared you? Do you remember when you were tired after that, daddy? Oh, you shit, daddy. Boo Fuck him, you, daddy. No, next time, <laughs> next. So, uh, confirmed, confirmed by the daughter of the Undertaker. Undertaker will return to face Roman Reigns. Next time, just punch him in the face. Kick him between the eyes, then use your muscles to hold him down and count to three. If he tries to move, just push him back down. Seriously, that's all you have to do, Daddy. Okay, Daddy? Daddy, come on, Dad. Dad, seriously. Jesus. <laughs> Taker's just sitting there in his chair, like in his old-ass recliner. He's like, mm, That's all I had to do? That's all I had to do, really? I took my eye off the ball. You're right, kid. All right. I'll do it for you, sweetie. I'll do <laughs> then cut to uh cut to Braun returning and then Taker pushes him out of the ambulance is like, "No, I've got the technique." <laughs> no, no, it's Taker um ascends from the ground and actually dick punches Braun back into the ambulance. <laughs> No, don't be taking our gimmick. No, look, Taker did it first. Yeah, you're right. 
Taker Taker is the originator of the dick punch. Damn right. In 2014, 2015. Was it 2015? Uh, I don't know. It was just the Braun feud, I guess. Um, yep. Let's see, what else have we He, he first here? did it with Brock, the only way to beat him. Right. Is to punch him in the dick. It's Big the only man. way to beat Brock. Samoa Joe. Whoa, did you hear... Big man. What? Whoa. Big cannot... man, woo! Danger oh. boy is here. Whoa, Ric Flair, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, man. What do you What do you hear? Why are you here? I'm here to tell you about my best friend in the whole world, Glenn <laughs> Jacobs. Woo! <laughs> Who is campaigning to become the mayor of Knox County in Knoxville, Tennessee? <laughs> I'm pissed, actually. I'm going to Knox. I'm going to Gatlinburg, which is right by Knoxville. Literally the weekend before this big rally, which is gonna have Ric Flair and Kane and everybody. Now I just love to walk up to Rick, just like, Rick, how you doing, big man? It's been so long. Oh wow, you sound like me. Are you Jay Lethal? No, I'm not Jay Lethal, big man. I'm sorry. I'm just 100 Scotty Moe. Woo! Woo. And then we this just is... woo at each other. And then Kane loses the election because I take all the focus of the fact that we're trying to get him in office. <laughs> uh, you might get him more votes. It turns out that memes get voted in. What? what? People vote for memes People. now. That's how Trump became oh, president. Uh, although... This is this has been a nice return. Rick hasn't been in the in the BS universe for a yeah, while. Yeah, man. I was on an episode a few weeks ago, but you weren't there, so you know, it's all right. I'll be back later. I don't. If it, it, the episodes where I wasn't there don't count because <laughs> they didn't really happen. Let me just take a look. I'm trying to find a clip through from just the best damn interview because John Cena. Did an interview with the New Yorker, and it's my favorite thing ever. It's a, uh, it's an interview where basically New Yorkers were asked to ask any celebrity a question, and they didn't know what celebrity would be. So it's just like, hey, ask a random question into the void, and someone will answer it. And uh, John Cena talked about his dick a lot. I feel like John Cena talks about his dick a lot. What, what I love about John Cena, John Cena is very dry in his humor, which is my favorite thing. Yes. Uh, let's see. Would you ever take your clothes off for a role? Was asked to the man who wrestles without a shirt on and, like, shorts every day of the week. I have already done that. I wore a sock. Not on my foot. So, uh, that happened. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> Good talk. Good We're, talk, good talk. Thank you, John. Thank you. Then, uh, my personal right. favorite moment of the interview. Where do you go to find your peace, John Cena? Well, I uh, go to the bathroom, and I look down, make sure it's still there. And occasionally, <laughs> I go to the bedroom when me and the gal are uh, doing stuff like that. And it's never failed me yet. It's always there. Oh, I love him. Oh, Jesus. My greatest, the greatest thing that I saw Cena do in recent memory was... He was at a fucking panel, and, like, people were asking him these things. And this probably, like, 12-year-old child, she gets up and she asks, What's your favorite food? Oh, no. And he, without a 
fucking beat, turns to Nikki, who is sitting right next to him, and says, Nicole, stand up. <laughs> no! John, please! I don't know if he said it that way, but he's like, it was something of like, um, he mentioned that it was Nicole, and like, the entire place exploded, except for the girl who obviously had the most confused look on her face. And he's like, you'll get that when you're older. Oh no, John. Oh, gosh. I... <laughs> uh, he's just, he's so good at talking. <laughs> that's, that's his thing, he's good at... His words are just really good. Uh, what? Did you hear that? No, what were you saying? What were you saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Cena, um, he brings out his Pete. Oh, that's weird, man. There's oh, some, no. There's something happening. I don't I don't know. It's feed me more. Welcome, everybody, to Talking Back. The weekly part of the segment of this podcast where we reply to the Ryback because fuck, I thought this was gonna be like an every once in a while thing, but he is just a <laughs> weekly fountain of joy. <laughs> I like that you. D- please tell me that like at least once a day you have to go like. You better check what Ryback's been up no, to. No, it, it, every single time I look up stuff for this show, I go to, like, wrestling websites, and I'll just scroll through the previous week and be like, okay, we can talk about this, we can talk about this, and it never fails. Every fucking time, I'll scroll through, and then all of a sudden, Ryback did some fucked up shit, and I'm like, well, damn it, now he's got to be on the show again. Just, Ryback just... He- he knows how to keep himself relevant, kind yeah, of. Yeah, well, he knows what to. He knows that <clears throat> what he wants to do when he comes back to the WWE. He has a plan. <clears throat> he has one. Oh, yeah? He has one return demand. One of my requests, if I ever go back to the WWE, is my opening night back. I call out all three of the Shield members and just beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Ryback hates uh, the shield so much. You so much. The, you see, like Vince is just scroll or having like his peon scroll through Twitter for him because he doesn't know how it works, and he stops on that tweet and he stares for a moment. Oh my God! It's brilliant. Yes, it's brilliant. I'm gonna have him come out, beat up Ambrose and Rollins. And then Roman's gonna save it <laughs> with the spear. Oh, oh. Speaking of, yeah. I did hear that Vince's prediction for um, Mayweather versus uh, Conor McGregor is that Roman's gonna run out and get the uh, final <laughs> knockout blow on both of them. Um, I do love that Ro- Ryback, like, he went on about the shield. And the, my favorite <laughs> thing he may have ever said is, a little kid came up in a gas station, and this was when I already knew what was going on, and I just didn't feel like lying to the kid. He goes, he just said, Ryback, what are you going to get revenge on the shield? They get you every time. And I go, sometimes in life, kid, the bad guys just win. And he looked at me completely defeated and ran outside with no words. He just, oh god, I love the mental image of Ryback running away crying. That's horrible. No, that's, but... the child did that, not Ryback, although I like your version more. No, no, this is what really happened. 
No, no, no. Ryback ran out. He had to be the one that no, ran out. No, the kid walked up to him, and then he just goes, kid, you've been watching it. When I'm, when should I get revenge on the shield? They get me every damn time, kid. And the kid's like, you know, sometimes Ryback, the b- bad guys just win. And then Ryback. I mean, this isn't one of those times, Ryback. But, you know. <laughs> gonna destroy you. You're pretty shitty. Also, uh, Colt Cabana done fucked up with uh, Ryback. Because uh, Colt Cabana, fellow pro wrestling podcaster, which is weird to call him, uh, in a 2014 interview with, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, his name's CM Punk. Well, CM Punk, uh, he was in... <coughs> oh, oh, you mean the Phil Brooks Yeah, yeah, guy. he was in WWE for a couple, couple months there, and so mm. after he left, he did an interview with Colt Cabana, no one really listened to it, but apparently he talked mm-hmm. shit on Ryback in the middle of it. And, uh, of course, leading to all of us believing Ryback is dumb as fuck. <laughs> and then apparently mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. of the match, Colt, like, Colt Cabana had an indie match against Ryback. And then Colt grabbed a microphone and just goes, Hey, we good? Are we good here? Or, <laughs> like, just went back and forth for a while. Colt's trying to be Colt, so he's trying to make Ryback laugh. And Ryback just grabs the microphone and just goes, I don't know. Are we good? Are we good? Well, I think I'll know if after this show you cut go and do a shitty podcast talking about how broken and fucked up you are after this match and talking about how about many years this match took off of your life. That's how I'll know if we're good. Which point the crowd uh, booed instead of, I'm sure Ryback was like, maybe this is when they'll cheer for me. No, no, he got all no. the boos and a very large CM Punk chant. That's a, oh, that's, mm. I mean, if you're if you're playing the heel, I, that's a that's a good way to go. But I don't think Ryback knows mm-hmm. how yeah, that works. But uh, but that's all that's all we have this week in uh, uh. in talking back. That's all we. Woo, 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 woo. Wait, what is that? Oh God, are we doing bit by what is this? bit what is bit this? back woo, to back? Woo, woo. Oh no, it can't be. Woo, woo. It's the original Ryback, baby. Scott Stein is here. Holla if you oh, hear me. No. Oh. <laughs> do, 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 do. He has the same theme song as Ryback. I can't remember what Steiner's theme song is. <laughs> yeah, the original Ryback. Scott Steiner is here. And Jesus. I like, they asked, uh, he did an interview and they asked him about the Hall of Fame and about the WWE Hall of Fame. And Scott Steiner's <laughs> reply is beautiful. He goes, I'm already in a couple Hall of Fames, like the Michigan Hall of Fame. <laughs> they love me in and Michigan. And the Dan Gable Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. So my accolades speak for themselves. Let's just say I'm not losing any sleep over a Hall of Fame induction. The one Hall of... <laughs> you know, yeah. his, uh, his best known entrance into the Hall of Fame was last year when they entered him into the Shoney's Hall of Fame. <laughs> Oh, we still... Can we rec- do a live episode of Fight Boys at Scott Steiner's Shoney's? We'll have to do it quietly. Like, not as a big deal. We're just like, like yeah, excuse me. Oh, yeah, I'd like the bacon bacon and egg breakfast sandwich. Thank you. Uh, all right, we're live at Shoney's here for Fight Boys. Um, but then Steiner went on to say, The one Hall of Fame that I refuse to go in is the WWE Hall of Fame. Because you know where it's at? Where is it? Where is it? Do you have an address? It's a bunch of bullshit. If they called me up, I wouldn't go, because there's no address. <laughs> there's no address. 
What do you think they... <laughs> What do you think they do with that Ric Flair statue? The one he was jumping up and down over. What do you think that statue's at right now? If you had to guess right now, what do you think it's at? I'd say it's the Triple H's bedroom. If they made a statue of Macho Man. Yeah, right. If they made a statue of the Macho Man, where'd that be? Well, that'd be in Stephanie's bedroom. It's all a joke. <laughs> Which is technically Triple H's bedroom as well. <laughs> I like it, Scott Steiner's mi mind. Triple H and Stephanie's bedroom is just full of these giant golden statues of people. <laughs> that's that's where the Hall of Fame they got is. got them everywhere. You know what? <laughs> now that I talk <clears throat> about it, apparently I know where the Hall of Fame is. It's Triple H and Stephanie's bedroom. I also don't know why my Scott Steiner impression is turning into Chris Rock. Hey, everybody! How you doing? Holla if you hear me. Holla if you hear me. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was in Mulan. Wait, no, I wasn't. That was Eddie Murphy. Shit. <laughs> oh, no. How did you not know that was Eddie Murphy? Hey, everybody, it's me, Scott Steiner. Eddie Murphy, Scott Steiner. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Eddie Murphy's got Steiner. Well, let's just quite quickly segue away from that racist-ass bullshit to talk about yes, merch. Merch.aloadofpurebs.com, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, everybody. Merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Like any great wrestling organization, we have our own merchandise. It's designed by us. It's created by us. And you can buy it at merch.aloadofpurebs.com in the Fight Boys section. We have Fight Boys shirts. We've got our logo. we got shirts that let you know I'm a Fight Boy for life. We even have a shirt that the minute I go to a show that Chuck Taylor is on, he's going to receive. It's the hashtag DustWatch2017 shirt, which we still have to tweet at Chuck Taylor for this show. Uh, but in addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, we also have JWF shirts. Buy shirts for the VWO, the Vape World Order. Buy shirts for the Momoa Club. Get the BS's Steel City Kicks shirts. Get it all over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com in that Fight Boys section. And now, Blake Tanner, it's time. It's time. It's time to tweet at Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor. All right. Once we do have our tweet to Chucky, uh, though, uh, I have a hot take that we need to Some talk hot about. Takes. Just happened earlier today. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to need at, um, at sexy Chucky T. Chucky T. Ask him if he knows where the Ric Flair statue is. Do you know where... That gold boy Rick Rick Flair statue from the H is. hashtag HOF is Scott Steiner says at Triple H's bedroom. I don't know personally. RTN to follow. <laughs> RTN follow hashtag holla if you hear me. Uh, I have to I'll edit it. We've gone too far. Okay, I'm going to take uh, out the do. I think we're good enough to just be like, you know where that gold boy Ric Flair statue from the Hall of Fame? Oh, I didn't even put is. Do you know where, where <laughs> from? Do you know where's that? Where is that gold boy Ric Flair statue from the Hall? Okay, we're going to have to take out gold boy as much as I like it. 
at Sexy Chucky T. You know where that gold Rick Flair statue from the H hashtag HOF is? Scott Steiner says Triple H's bedroom. I don't know personally. RT and follow. <laughs> Perfect. And then hold on. Uh, since we don't have enough room for it, I'm just gonna put the picture of the Dust Watch shirt. <laughs> Hit us up with that RT. Oh. We got you, baby boy. A free shirt for you. Just you just need to like and follow. All right, now subscribe. Now hit me with that hot take. Now that we got that. All right, all right, Scotty. Do you know? Do you know who the newest member of the NXT broadcast team is? Oh, I actually did see this. I'm really excited, yes. personally. So am I. Um, earlier today, it's about six hours ago. Our the best best announcer boy. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo uh, posted on Instagram, The NXT chapter begins! WWE and I mutually agreed to end my responsibilities on SmackDown, having nothing to do with rumors about disputes. Bullshit, but okay. As I remained under contract... Yeah, okay, okay. Listen, listen. I'm not gonna stir anything up with you. Um, let's see. Despite originally agreeing to part ways, there was always a desire to continue working together. We have come to terms on a new agreement that benefits both WWE and me, and I am thrilled to announce that I will now be part of the NXT broadcasting team. Well, even in addition to that, he's also, just to cut around, uh, just to go around to something we've already been talking about, he's also going to be on the announce team for Mayweather and fucking uh, McGregor. Yeah, it's going to be fucking nice. I like to think that after all the shit went down backstage... And, like, Morrow was just ready to cut ties with WWE, and Vince was, like, just like, I don't give a shit, let him go. Um, Triple H stepped out from behind the gold Ric Flair <laughs> statue as Morrow was, like, dejectedly leaving the WWE HQ. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. No, he leans out of a door I think that's... we can work something out. Duh. He leans out of a door that says NXT, and he's like, shh, shh, come here. Come here, I got something for you. Hey, hey. I know what you want to do. What are you buying? And I can do it. What are you calling? He's like, Morrow's just walking towards a limo, and like, Conor McGregor's in it. He's just like, Oi, come on! Come on, I'm gonna take you to fucking millions of dollars world, mate! And then all of a sudden... Dude, it's time to play the game, dude. <laughs> because, uh, I know, uh, what you really want to do, Mauro, And that's called wrestling. Uh, uh, you want to talk, <laughs> you wanna talk about Bobby Roode, uh, and Cassius Ohno, uh, and all of those good boys in NXT, uh. Do you want to call it, uh, with Nigel, uh, McGinnis, uh? You want to talk, talk about the fastest dwindling women's division of all time, uh? Because they're all getting beaten by you... Oscar. Uh, uh. Yeah, I hope you uh, like to see Oscar win. <laughs> That's all you're gonna see. Uh, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very happy for Mauro Ronaldo because he always, he loves calling wrestling, yeah. and I think this is a good place for him. 
Um, and I think he, he'll definitely be in a better place in NXT. Yeah, it, well, I mean, the, was he under contract, or was it like, because, I mean... He, yeah, he's still under contract with the WWE. Okay. They were originally just going to, like, wait it out. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Just have him do nothing, but now he's actually, like, be, getting able to being able to do something. Well, I'm happy that he's getting to call people and do the thing that he loves. Um, unlike mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, <laughs> who, um, I don't, I still don't get it. I, this is the most... Jeff Jarrett did an interview where he was talking about it. He goes, uh, I always take the high road because there's legal squabbles or potential legal squabbles, but I've said this to a couple of outlets, and I say this is very broad strokes. Uh, today, Jeff Jarrett is being voiced by Jeff Foxworthy, by the way. I'm from Nashville, so I'm around music, which is intellectual property, and I've been in the business for 30 years. Intellectual property <laughs> laws are very simple. There are two tides to it. There are publishers and the writers. Then there are performers as well. <laughs> there are two sides to it. There are two sides to it. Publishers and writers. And performers. What are you talking about? What is going well, on here? Jeff Hardy's been one of my best friends for 20 years. You can look back on my social media and their social media. We take family vacations together, but business is business. So when it relates to IP, intellectual property, it's real simple. There is a publisher who owns the property. There is a writer who gets credit and can monetize it. Then there's the performers. There's no question that Broken Matt and Brother Nero's performances were off the charts good. But when it comes to ownership, to me, it's almost a silly squabble. It's never been in question. Impact are the owners. I don't... What? (laughs) I, I'm very uh, confused. I, I don't know how, like, music IP works, and I don't know if Jeff Jarrett knows how it works either, but now I don't know how anything works because my brain is melting and <laughs> oozing out of my well, ears. Um, well, it's, it's a very interesting thing in the wrestling industry. and This is kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is, like, for a very long time, and still in most places besides WWE, your performances, you are your writer. You are the one who says, like, this is what I'm going to say, and this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, the performer is the writer, is the creator, is the everything. And then you have the publisher, yep. who I guess in this case would be TNA. So, in a way, yeah, I guess TNA does kind of own it, but you cannot connect like pro wrestling to the music industry it's decades different yeah, definitely wwe still 20 like wwe especially is still like 20 years back there um but i i just really this is just such a weird situation like i understand that tna wants some of that good broken money and there's a lot gonna be a lot of good broken money Mm-hmm. But at this point, there is no broken money, and there may never be broken money if this doesn't get resolved. And that's just going to be shitty for everybody. And when you have, like, Reby, who is definitely trying to fuck shit up right now, like, th- you aren't going to make broken money at all. Because at that point, nope. like, the per- there's a weird thing in pro wrestling where you connect a gimmick and you connect a character directly to the person. So, like, even if we know, like, hey, Mm -hmm. Matt Hardy's not really like that, you are, like, even if someone wrote it, 
other than Matt, which I highly doubt, because any if you look at anything else that was on TNA at the time, it does not even compare to what no. Matt and Jeff were doing. So, which means like it's not someone else writing it. But even if someone was writing it, you have like <clears throat> Matt who you're connecting it to, which means even if like he left, he is he is taking the gimmick with him. You are not owning anything right now. Yep. The only the the argument that I always kept hearing was that the creative people behind the broken gimmick were the Hardys and Jeremy Borash. He was the only other one that like had anything to do with it apparently, and that's the reason that TNA still has like a leg to stand on. But even on. then, like that's two thirds ownership of this. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's and, very very weird. Yeah. Because uh, the the reason they're disputing it is because they just have a stake in it, and TNA still wants some of that broken money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um... Mm-hmm. And WWE is not going to pay a damn thing for TNA. Yeah. So that's the way it is. Th- that's how it is. Uh, yeah. Let me find something. Scotty, can I read you a poem? Oh, yes, you can read me a poem. Yes, you can. <laughs> um. So, as you know... um. Cass turning on Enzo may have been a highlight of Raw, but my other favorite highlight of Raw was the return of a very, very big man. Um, As he kind of... Braun! As he kind of burst forth from the doors of an ambulance. Um, Yesterday on the 21st, uh, Braun Strowman retweeted, or tweeted the first thing since he's back. Not the first thing, but, you know... um, he, he tweeted a little poem to show his sensitive side. Yeah. Um, he's not just a big monster. He's not just a scary, huge individual. He's got he's got a heart under there. And um, let me let me read you his poem in um in in this Braun Strowman voice. Baped up. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Hashtag I'm back. And hashtag I'm not finished with you. <laughs> it's got a video of him taking out. Roman underneath it. Uh, even muscle, picture... muscle and fitness was even like, yes, Braun Strowman makes his triumphant <laughs> return. I just, I wish you people could see this picture of Strowman just slamming Roman into the ground because, like, they both look bored. Roman. Yeah, Roman has the most. Oh, this is this is my life now. <laughs> well, this is happening. This is this is just how things are going. I have to endure this. Meanwhile, again. Bron, Bron just looks like, well, more Roman. Now, well, I have to do. Th- I guess I'm not finished with him. Now, I'm a big. Vince fan. told me I wasn't finished with him, so I, I'm not. I know you enjoyed. I guess this is some more Twitter exploration with uh, the Fight Boys. I know you enjoyed Bron's poem. However, I enjoyed what he tweeted right after his return, which was, "Told you." Hashtag, I'm not fished with you. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yep. I'm not fished with you. I'm not fished with you. I'm Bron. Oh, Bron. I, I think we're about. What to does have, fished mean? I think we're about to have a new shirt on the Fight Boys, on the Fight Boys merch tab that just says, "I'm not fished with you." <laughs> Oh, it wouldn't be any worse than the day one ish. Day one is H. So you're saying day one one is is H. H. 
Oh, I would love if like uh, the fashion police got their own shirt that just it was the exact same shirt as the Usos with like a space between is and H. Day one, yes. Day one is H. Day one is glorious. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, can we make a day one is oh. BS? Day one is BS. All right, now I guess we're coming yes. up with merch ideas, all of which are just making fun of this week of memes, which WWE <laughs> will create every single week. Mm-hmm. Which the shirts themselves will be completely worthless in two weeks from now. So. Yeah. No one's going to care about it. The day one is H, maybe. Mm-mm. Did you see the new the photo shoot that WWE did? It was very, very cool. And I want us to do it, um, but I'm fairly sure they spent millions of dollars just to get this photo shoot. I don't think so. Well, they got a camera from the 1870s to take photos of, uh, like, Alexa and Dean Ambrose and, like, everybody... And they came out looking badass. Like, there's one of Samoa Joe, and he literally... It looks like... Like, not edited at all, it looks like dominant. Like, I would get it on a shirt. Oh. Yes. Oh. I would be down with that. I'd be down with that. And you know what else I'm down with, Blake Tanner? What's that, Scotty? Patreon.com slash fightboys. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Patreon.com slash fightboys. If you've never heard of Patreon.com, all it is is a nice way to give back to the shows that you love, give back to what you're enjoying. And uh, so every single month you donate a little bit of dollar. Like you can donate $1, you can donate 2 5 $5, cup of coffee a month. Give up one cup of coffee, give that to us instead. It's whatever you want to do. <clears throat> Over at Patreon.com slash fightboys. And of course... We do not just take your money and run with it. We ain't going to take our ball and go home. We have perks over there, all of them relating to everybody's favorite Birmingham, Alabama-based pro wrestling organization, the JWF, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Donate a a dollar or more a month, and you'll make your debut in the JWF. By make your debut, I do mean you're probably going to get jobbed out in an episode, but, you know, you'll, you'll have your name said, you'll be remembered, people will love you for months, uh, donate $5, like my dad did, and you will join the JWF mid-card. You'll be in a storyline with our characters, you'll run for a title, or be like my dad, become Mr. Cash in the Bag, and he's now trying to take down the Dylan. Who knows what's going to become of that? And then, of course, donate $30 or more, ladies and gentlemen. And you, I'm not going to say you'll become the JWF champion, but you will become very close to becoming the JWF champion. You will become a reoccurring character on the show every single week. We'll keep talking about you. We'll keep bringing you up, and you may become a champion. And I actually did come up with uh, an idea. Tell me what you think about this, Blake. Once we start Mm -hmm. getting a lot of patrons coming in, a lot of Patreon money coming in, I like the idea of having the JWF Patreon Championship. Where you uh, basically donate some money, and you get entered mm-hmm. in, and you could run for storylines against whoever the current Patreon champion is, uh, and only Patreon patrons can be uh, able to, you know, hold the title, and only ones can challenge for it. Obviously, right now, with <laughs> right. the one or two patrons we have, I wouldn't do it, 
But eventually, I like the idea of having a Patreon championship where you guys can actually be part of the show every single week, and you guys can even, like, cut promos if you want, and I'll splice them into the show. You can build your own characters, do whatever you want. And all of this is available, ladies and gentlemen, only if we get enough people over at patreon.com slash fightboys. And, and I'll do your voice. Oh, gee, yeah. I'm Blake Tanner. I'm going to do your voice. What's up, everybody? Hey. Now, of course. Love to do on the Patreon Championship, Chip, Chip. <laughs> Patri- not, the, not the champion, the championship. Well, of course, it is time. I'm the champion. I'm a belt. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the JWF, the greatest professional wrestling organization that is uh, specifically only talked about on this one podcast and is only got one pay-per-view a month that is done in WW2K17. <laughs> but it's time. And, of course, last week we had a, a shocking return, Blake. I was I, – I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah. Months before we the Fight Boys started, uh, there was a match between – uh, our current JWS celebrity champion Tim Curry, and the newest returning man in the w- in the JWF, Kid Rock, and of course Kid Rock lost that match. Kid Rock lost, and was forced to leave the JWF for what we thought was forever. But last week, yep. last week Kid Rock made his return, and he made a statement by taking out not just Guy Fieri. Not just another savior flavor, but Tim Curry himself. And uh, Kid Rock is actually in the ring right now. And I think he's got some words for our JWF champion. Let's go down. All right, everybody. I know y'all been missing me after all these years. After all these months of being gone. And let me tell you something. Kid Rock missed you too. Kid Rock missed getting in this ring every single day. And what made me sick to my damn stomach was when I turned on that damn TV. When I turned on that TV and I saw that Guy Fieri had that title. It made me sick when I saw that Tim Curry had that title. The man, the man who took the JWF Celebrity Championship from me. The man who made sure I would never come back to this company. So guess what? I didn't care. I didn't care what it would take. I didn't care that I had to work under Guy Fieri's fat ass for almost a month. Because Kid Rock is back, and I'm going to be badder than ever. Because I don't care what it takes. I don't care who I got to bust up. I don't care whose legs I got to break. I don't care whose skull I got to crush. Because that JWF Celebrity Championship is coming back to Kid Rock, baby. Because I'm the baddest man in the business. I'm the man who met with the president, put his ass down, and cut him down. Because I'm the baddest man on the planet. I am the greatest celebrity in the entire JWF. And I'm the man who all of you idiots here tonight assume gonna call a champion. I'm the king of Detroit, and my name is King. Oh my god. Strong words. Bob with the Bob indeed. indeed coming from Kid Rock. Now what are you thinking, Blake? Uh, a lot of men talk tough, but Kid Rock has proven before that he's tough. So what are you thinking now that he's back? 
Well, I don't know. Up until now, Kid Rock has been very silent about um, his beliefs and his thoughts. Um, so, you know what? It's very good that he's finally broken that silence. You know, he is running for a, um, <laughs> a seat in the House of Representatives yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. So, Kid Rock I'm interested to see how he's going to... Hmm? Well, we've got, we got, there are a lot of people who juggle that responsibility, like Kane, who's running for mayor. Like my best friend, Glenn <laughs> Jacobs, who is running for the mayor of Knox County, no. Tennessee. Woo! Oh, thank you, thank no, you for joining Rick, us, Rick. we can't pay you to be on JWF, no. Woo, big man, I'm going to come on out there, we're going to wrestle. <laughs> I, Rick, no. I love the idea that Rick does not realize, like, Rick is like, Let's do some wrestle. He's like so old that he doesn't re- like know any terminology for wrestling anymore. I'm gonna put a punch oh. face on you. I'll tell you that right now. Woo! All right, let's just let's just get Rick back to the back. Give him a little drinky drink. Here you go, Rick. Oh, I had some good solid boy. good vodka. Woo! Um, and then That's a good boy. Of course, in addition. In addition to Rick going to the back and getting some vodka, some more shocking thing happened last night, last week. Blake Tanner, when brunch boy Baron Corbin, after an excellent showing at the Cash in the Bag, Cash in the Bag uh, pay-per-view, and an even better showing at the WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view, uh, he was cutting a promo against... Cash in the Bag? Yeah. His, no, yeah, Cash in the Bag and Money in the Bank. He Cash in the Bag and Money in the Bank. Uh, he, was, of course, lost at Money, or Cash in the Bag, which I think kind of drove him to become the WWE's Money in the Bank winner. But, uh, of course, he was he was kind of... He was getting irate at Momoa Curry, his former mentor, the man uh, Brunch Boy Baron Corbin used to formerly work for, and he, he was letting everything be known when suddenly... Momoa Curry attacked out of nowhere and began spearing Brunch Boy in half, destroying him. And I, I thought we would never see Brunch Boy again, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. It was very, very sad. Very, um, it was heartbreaking, honestly, to see Brunch Boy in such mm-hmm. a state. It was heartbreaking to see that, and I didn't think he'd be back, but he is. This week, ladies and gentlemen, in his first match since the triple threat at the Cash in the Bag pay-per-view... Brunch Boy Baron Corbin is facing off against one of the men from that Cash in the Bag match. He's facing off against Canada Charlie. And let me tell you something, Blake Tanner. This match was this match was nothing short of break, breathtaking. Brunch Boy got in all of his moves. Some of the most shocking things I've ever seen someone do to a man happen to Canada Charlie today. Mm-hmm. Slamming his head into the mat, putting him through a table. It was horrifying watching him take out Canada Charlie. Yeah. It was a 30-minute match, and Canada Charlie might have gotten one punch well, in. Well, the cool thing about Canada Charlie, he's almost like a wind-up top. You know, he'll give, and he goes for about five seconds, but then, of course, Brunch Boy immediately put a stop to it. So he hit, like, a very yeah. impressive, like, double exploder suplex off the top rope, did, like, an amazing super kick, and then Brunch Boy immediately takes him and puts him down with the, uh, with the Mimosan suplex. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think Canada Charlie is made of rubber. Honestly, <laughs> well, I, I think the most shocking part, Blake Tanner, and something that we should have expected, was when Momoa Curry came out. He interrupted the match and just sat at ringside. And of course, Brunch Boy couldn't take this. He took Canada Charlie, kind of rolled him up into a ball, and tossed him onto Momoa. And Momoa ran into the ring, staring Brunch Boy down. But Momoa is a wily veteran. And he knew if he attacked Brunch Boy, Brunch Boy would get the victory via disqualification. And I know the one thing Momoa Curry wants 
is to make sure that brunch boy Baron Corbin never gets a victory again. And that's why he took Cannon Charlie, <laughs> tossed him in the air, hit him with a Mimosan punch, and then just began spearing Charlie in two. And then the two, the two, and then after he, he speared Canada Charlie, Brunch Boy stares at Momoa angrily, then picks up Canada Charlie and hits him with the Brunch of Days, puts him down, then Momoa picks him up, another spear, and then Brunch grabs him, and they're just trading finishers, destroying Canada Charlie. <laughs> it, was, it was truly a sight to behold, especially because that man just kept getting back up. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, finally, Momoa hits him with one last spear. But as he stands up, Brunch Boy is right in his face, staring him down. The crowd is cheering, fight, 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 fight. But, of course, Momoa Curry isn't going to let that happen right now. Momoa Curry is a man who fights for money. He's a man who fights when he needs to fight. And he slowly backs out of the ring to the boo chorus of boos from the audience <laughs> as Brunch Boy looks on. And then to make one final point, he picks up Canada Charlie and hits a vicious spear on him. Momoa's own finishing move used against him. The finishing, the fisherman's spear, taking down Canada Charlie. And like you said, every single move, Canada Charlie got back up. But after that fisherman's spear from Brunch Boy, Canada Charlie stayed down. And I think that's one hell of a message that Brunch Boy Baron Corbin sent to Mamul Corey after this match. My boy Charlie. <laughs> I've, it's we've right. done so much to Candace Charlie. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. But I also don't. He'll be alright. This coming from Scotty Moore, the man who RKO'd uh, SMG'd him off the top top of a ladder I think twice during the cash of the bag pay-per-view but it's no big deal <laughs> but of course Blake Tanner we've talked about you know the celebrity championship we've talked about brunch boy and Momoa's small problem but this is the JWF and if one thing matters in the JWF it's this the JWF world heavyweight championship a title that once belonged to Momoa Curry. A title that once belonged to Captain Tibbs, the owner of the JWF. A title that the greatest men, first ballot Hall of Famers, uh, which we still are looking to get an address for our Hall of Fame. We're not sure where it is yet. but It's in my bedroom it's currently. currently. In Captain Tibbs' bedroom. Um, <laughs> almost every single Hall of Famer, they had that JWF title. So if you want to be in the Hall of Fame, you got to get to that title. And the Dylan was a man hell-bent on getting that title, a man hell-bent on becoming a member of the Hall of Fame. And he finally got that title, crowd cheering, roaring behind him. And then it all came crashing to the ground. Last week, as the VWO came out, the entire VWO, three men taking out the Dylan and tossing him against the ground. And I don't know, I, I don't know what they're going for. I don't think three men can own one mm -hmm. title. But ladies and gentlemen, Griffin Clouds of the VWO is in the ring, and he's got a message for the Dylan. <clears throat> All right, Dylan. <clears throat> so, we came out last week, and we kind of ruffled your feathers. We kind of made your day a little bit bad. We kind of blew some smoke in your face, ripped some sweet cotton 
and then we smashed you into the mat. We so, kind of fucked you up is what we did. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Thanks, Travis. Um, so the reason we did that was so that we could come here today and say that we are going to make your life just a living, living hell. Like hell? I'm going to make you, I'm going to build you a little trash pile. I'm going to gather it all up. I'm going to just kind of like cover you in it. I'm going to take your title. We're going to take your title. And then we're going to be the most dominant boys in this federation. Jump scare. Together. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Just. Sorry. So, I really thought it would be a good addition if I jump scared him at that point. You know, you know, I, I really, know. I really think you got to him. I think you got to him. They are just wetting their pants right now, Justin. You guys are, you guys are just really not scaring him. I, I just, I just want him to know. I want you to know, Dylan. Next week, I want to see you versus my brother, Griffin Clouds. The greatest professional wrestler of all time. I want to see you versus him in this ring. That's what I want. Oh, who me? Oh, you shouldn't have. All right. Next week, you and me, Dylan, Mono y Vapo. Let's do this. Oh, wow. Looks like the VWO have made a challenge. A challenge for next week. And they stand in the ring triumphantly holding their vapes. Taking a big rip of that cotton. Oh, and they blow it out together, and it forms a big cloud rising through the air. And I think that's symbolizing one thing, and that's the VWO's rise to dominance here in the JWF. As, uh, as they also become, quite possibly, my favorite characters to voice. <laughs> so, so, Blake Tanner, how do you react to this news? Do you think the Dylan will be able to stand up to them next week? Oh, I don't know. These good, these good vape boys have just kind of like... Uh, they've become something special in my heart. And <laughs> Seems as if within the past two minutes, they've become something special. I, I think this is the first time we've actually heard them speak. Um, yes, it is straight up the first time, because I was really afraid of voicing them. But now that we have, I'm really happy we have. But now they're dominant. They're so scary and dominant. Yep. But, oh my god, I love them. They're going to destroy things. It's great. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think... Dylan is facing a three-on-one situation next week, and I do not know how they're gonna, how this is gonna work out. It's gonna be pretty terrifying for the Dylan. But of course, that's something we're gonna find out next week on JWF Pro Wrestling. Now, Blake Tanner, 